0: Good morning. Greetings in the precious name of Jesus again this morning. Appreciated the things that were shared here today. We've been uh, focusing on faith a bit, and uh, I'm actually uh, thinking down the same vein of thought for the message, <clears throat> you know, there was uh, just maybe a comment on David. You see, we in the life of David, like was stated, we see a, the the whole array of human. Experience, I guess you would say, from incredible faith to incredible failure, and in the life of David, we also see, could you say, the whole scope of God and uh, how He relates to human humans, and uh, that's a beautiful. Revelation also um, how a holy, loving God relates to that whole array of, of uh, human experience. And that's the God we serve even today. And you can be sure that, you can be assured that he has not changed and that he still encompasses all those attributes because if he didn't encompass all those attributes, he'd have likely done something about this rebellious world and human race that he created. Quite a while ago, but he's not—he's uh, not just out to destroy human life. He's out to save human life, and that's that's why we're here today. That's why we have church every Sunday. That's why we bring our children to church because. And that's why we reach out to uh, a world around us, because our God is interested in saving souls of men. <clears throat> All right, let's let's uh, let's bow our heads and we'll uh, commit this time to the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you again this morning worship service. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to gather again undisturbed. Unhindered by the world around us and we have this, this freedom and are protected in it even. Thank you, Lord. Bless each one present. Bless each one who is not here today for whatever reason. And Lord, again today, ask, thank you for what you've, uh, what has come to us so far and now we ask again for your spirit to minister uh, words, words of life and hope and courage in our world and experience today. So, Father, we commit this time to you. Bless us, we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> All right, we're going to begin our message this morning in Exodus chapter 1. Uh, Verse 8, I've titled, the title for today's message is Parenting in Difficult Times. It's not the first time I've shared a message of this nature, Uh, and I don't know that... um, I'm necessarily saying that these are difficult times, per se. But uh, it can feel maybe at times can feel like difficult times. Um, but we're going to look at uh, a biblical example first of all in, for of someone who was uh, parenting in difficult times. Uh, in Exodus chapter one, in verse eight, says this: "Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph." I remember Joseph was well known in Egypt in his day. Sat in a very high seat of authority, second in command. Was of excellent reputation throughout the Egyptian realm, and the, uh, his family and uh, the Israelites uh, were in good favor because of that. And uh, But as life is and life moves along, things change. There arose a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. So that's the context, of, uh, or that's the thought of this king who does not know Joseph. He's uh, seeing Israel now as a threat to his kingdom, and he's feeling the need to do something about it. Uh, we... Uh, I guess we'll just continue reading. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they grew and the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor, and they made them, made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. And all their their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. I don't know if you've uh, ever thought about it. It doesn't tell us. But I'm guessing that it wasn't just the men that had to serve. I'm guessing the ladies in some measure were forced into some sort of uh, slave labor here as well. Doesn't particularly tell us that. Verse 15, and the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the one was named Sephora and the other Pua, and said, and, and he said, when ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then, ye, then she shall live. And it became to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged his people saying, every son that is born, ye shall cast into the river and every daughter ye shall save alive. So, this is, uh, this is an interesting, I don't know if that's, that's not really the word. This is an incredibly challenging time for the children of Israel. But we read on in chapter 2, verse 1, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and we saw him that he was a goodly child. She hid him three months. <clears throat> so here in this context, we have, uh, it doesn't give us the name of the man and his wife, but we have a young man sought out a wife in this context. Uh, you know that probably took a little courage right there because he knew what he would face uh, if they had children but he sought out a wife and apparently found a wife that was willing to be a wife and, and uh, in this context in these days and they had a child At a time when parenting, in fact, was extremely difficult. Um, I'm not sure if the Bible records of any more difficult circumstances to be in as parents than this. Um, But we have a man who sought a wife. If we uh, were to... uh, Look in Exodus chapter 6 verse 20. We would discover that this man's name was Amram and his wife's name was Jochebed. And uh, they were parenting in difficult times. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 gives this testimony. By faith Moses when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. So, Hebrews, uh, the Hebrew writer lifts this out as an example of faith. And uh, as it says here, she saw that he was a goodly child. She hid him three months and when she could no longer hide him in verse three, she took him, took for him an ark of bulrushes and dubbed it with slime and pit and with pitch and put the child therein. She laid it in the flags by the river's brink, and his sisters stood off, stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. I guess the first thing I'd like us to think about when we think about parenting in difficult times is what the testimony of this couple is as Hebrews gives it, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And that's the first point I'd like to consider a little bit, to not be afraid. You know, I suppose there there are many things that one could fear in our day also. Uh, and there are. I mean, there are things we could well respond in fear. Um Something comes to my mind. I'm not sure if I can even put it together now. And I don't know if this was fear or not. I remember someone recently told me about a small group of Christians somewhere who felt the Lord was going to be coming soon. And so they told their children not to marry. And they basically sat around for one whole generation and the Lord didn't come, and then they just started realizing they probably made a mistake. And uh by that time, they had skipped a generation in there. Uh, it was just a small group somewhere. Somebody told me about it recently. Anyhow, I don't know if that was fear or not. But anyway, we can, uh, and I'm not sure why you would fear the Lord's coming and why you would kind of halt uh, family life in light of it. But anyhow. Uh, I suppose there's many things that we can fear in our day. Um, and yet we realize that, uh, you know, the things that we probably f- appeared the most fearful when I was a young man and starting a family. Those things are probably somewhere in distant oblivion where you hardly even think of them anymore. Um, as a child, probably the most fearful thing that came to our ears most times was Russia and communist Russia and, and how they're going to eventually communism is going to over, overtake the world. And I realize that the uh, diversions of that are still, uh, even though Russia itself has uh, the whole thing has ended in in a collapse, basically in a failure, the that whole concept continues and is reborn in different uh, versions or, or so forth. But, uh, but there's probably things that we could fear and that could cause us to draw back. But uh, this couple, they were not afraid. And I'd like to encourage us with that uh, even today. Uh, whatever our, may appear fearful, uh, fear... Is certainly not uh, God's fear. Does uh, does not is not from God. Let's just simply say it that way. Uh, One John four eighteen says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love." And that is true. Fear has torment when we when we live in fear. We're not living in rest. We're, we're tormented. Uh, it, it's a difficult place to live. Second Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Fear is not a pleasant place to live. And God never intended that we actually live there. Uh, Doesn't mean that we, uh, doesn't mean that fears aren't real. Uh, Doesn't mean that things don't come up that uh, want to cause us concern and fear. And even fear, I'm going to say it. They, it does happen. You know, I'm not, uh, we're going to face it realistically. It does happen. Things do come up. We do get fearful about those things at times in, in, our, in our world and in the, in the changing scene of the world. And, and the question of uh, whether there is, uh, uh, you know, you've seen so much change in, in, in this generation. What will there be for the next generation? And so on. And those things can be quite fearful and those fears are real. But we don't want to stay there. We don't want to park there. We don't want to sink into the mud of fear and park there. To, where, to the point where we're afraid to even bring children into the world or, and don't trust God to actually see our children through difficult times. We don't want to park there. To not be afraid, rather. To not allow fears to control us and what we do, but to continue to uh, trust God. And oftentimes, fear is more the fear of the unknown. Um, And maybe that's where um, the Scripture, when it exhorts us to not be anxious about tomorrow... Uh, for tomorrow, something takes care of the things of itself. You know, when we are anxiously looking ahead about something, we often uh, are not uh, experiencing in that moment the, the grace that we actually have when we walk through it at a later time. And that simply said that... Uh, when we are being anxious about something in the future, we are borrowing uh, tomorrow's trouble because uh, we, won't, we probably won't experience the grace that is needed until the hour. And uh, therefore, looking on and, and evaluating without the grace, it, it, it looks overwhelming. <clears throat> so, don't be afraid. Parenting in difficult times your times are probably not more difficult than what uh, amram and jacobed faced um they faced extremely difficult times and then of course we shift to the to the idea of faith um by faith hebrews says uh moses was hid of his parents um and maybe we'll uh let me turn to hebrews and look at a few verses there. Hebrews 10.35, leading up to the faith chapter, says this, "'Cast not away therefore your confidence, "'which hath great recompense of reward.' For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And then we go on into uh, Hebrews 11. 11. Uh, the many examples of faith. Uh, the this these few verses that we read gives us a picture of being. Uh, we're we're kind of sitting in a spot where um, maybe our experience is is uh, I don't, lacking. Uh, in other words, we're looking for something. He says here, "Cast not away your, therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward." Ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Uh, there's the idea: uh, uh, the 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 person sitting in this spot has not yet realized what they are actually desiring, uh, and and the the idea of faith. Uh, is what uh, uh, will will uh, see us through. As, like he says here, now the just shall live by faith. Uh, we're looking at something that hasn't been realized yet. But the just shall live by faith. The just will not draw back. Because for the soul that draws back, God says, I have no pleasure in them. Uh, so, when we think about parenting in difficult times... Uh, faith uh, is an important aspect. The just shall live by faith, and we talked a little bit about faith already this morning, and uh, oh, i 'm trying to remember the other word Earl used here faith in reality i 'm not practicality that 's what it was. Uh, you know if uh, if Moses' parents would have evaluated, it, would have weighed in only on practicality, they'd have been in trouble. But they weighed in on faith, and they moved accordingly. And they didn't know the outcome. And, uh, we don't always know the outcome. In fact, we generally don't know the outcome. But we also have to weigh in on faith. And faith is not necessary, faith is not a feeling. Uh, and faith is not just a hope but faith is a a, a deeper settled confidence in god and just like uh, shadrach meshach and abednego in their faith in god they did not declare that god is going to deliver them without question they did not do that they did, they said god is able to deliver us and if not that was total confidence in God and God chose to deliver them um, and that's, uh, that, that was a totally settled peace in their minds uh, there was no question what was the right thing to do and there was no question in their minds that either way the outcome is fine uh, either way, God is God, whether the outcome is that they perish or whether the outcome is that God actually delivers them out of the flame. And so there is a deep, settled faith in God and rest in God. And that that is faith. Uh, we don't always know what God's plan is, but we can have a deep, settled confidence that God's plan is right and then move and, and uh, live accordingly. <coughs> It doesn't always mean that everything turns out the way that we want it to. But we have that confidence in God that either way, God is still right. Psalm 127 talks about uh, the Lord building the house. I think I'm going to read that psalm. Verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. It's interesting that that the psalm writer um, begins a psalm about the family, children, uh, a quiver fool, with the verse, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Uh, Speaking of faith again, that as we... Uh, you know, God wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. He wants us to exercise faith in every aspect of our lives. And if he, if he wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives, how much uh, in every, may I say, every other aspect of our lives, how much more in this whole matter of family and children which are close to God's heart. Psalm 53 verse 2 says, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did seek God. You know, in our world today, God is still looking down to see if there's anyone that understands family like He understands it. Uh, in our in a world where um, people totally decide what they want to do in life, you know, they want to have the ideal family. They want to wait till they're done with their careers to have children. They uh, one or two's enough, and sometimes not even that, you know, and all those kind of things. Uh, in the middle of all that, there's God is still in heaven looking down. Uh, to see if there are people that actually still understand His heart in the matter of family, and uh, still have faith in Him, and are still willing to do things His way. Children are an heritage. They they are a gift. They are a treasure. Treasure. They are precious. You know. Um, We live in a world where, because of the ability of technology, when there is something discovered in the womb that the child may be a special needs child, many, many people choose the option of actually aborting that child. And many doctors offer that option. Um, The eyes of the Lord are still looking upon the earth to see if there's faith faith uh that faith to receive uh, gladly with uh, with uh, an open heart a child who may have special needs in our world today um it's a very real part of life and I think if we tried, to, if we were to try to escape it, as many in our world do, we would be missing a great blessing. Um, you know, children are quite a responsibility, and each of those children will spend eternity somewhere. And as parents uh, embracing the responsibility of parenting is uh, it's it's no it's no little responsibility. But I want to encourage us to uh, approach it in faith, just like Moses' parents did. Approach it in faith, not in fear, um, trusting God. That uh, he will in fact take take care of you, so that said, I'd like to talk just a, just a little bit more about a few practical uh, points in parenting. Um, so first of all we're uh, we're approaching it in faith, not in fear, uh, knowing that God is for us, God is with us knowing that it's God's heart. And then the second or the or the the first practical point I'd like to consider is that of simply uh in parenting uh provide a pleasant home atmosphere. You know, the we could ask the question what makes a pleasant home atmosphere? And the uh, the simple version is pleasant people. Pleasant people make a pleasant home atmosphere you know when it comes to our homes, what are the things that should be at the top of our list of priorities you know there's uh, there's some things that we should have on you know we should have priorities for one thing, and we should have uh, and one of the things that should be somewhere close to the top of the list is that our home generally has a pleasant home atmosphere. Uh, Colossians tells us that whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Uh, doing it heartily is to, to live life heartily, uh, joyfully. Not, uh, not with complaining or grudging, but with cheerfulness. And then the proverb writer says, A merry heart doeth good like medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. So, while there's times for soberness and there's times for sadness, there's even times for heaviness in our hearts, but your home needs times of laughter, times of pleasantness, times of, of, uh, of enjoyment. A pleasant home atmosphere, a place where everyone loves to come back to When they're away. And obviously, as parents, we're the one who kind of set the stage, at least initially. But as children get older, they actually play a a fair part in that as well. Where children can live uh, joyfully, live peacefully, be pleasant to be around. So, provide a pleasant home atmosphere, a cheerful atmosphere where you just enjoy coming back to, you just enjoy uh, being there. <clears throat> Secondly, is knowing what really counts in eternity. And i 'm going to read a few verses from matthew six verse thirty one to thirty four where the scripture says matthew six thirty one therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after all these Things do the Gentiles seek, for your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So these verses simply uh, give us a, a recognizing recognition that there are some things that are... Uh, Important to think about, and there are some things that are not as important. In other words, it sets things in priorities. And when it comes to our homes, uh, there should be things that uh, we count important. And uh, one of those is simply that, uh, as 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 we talked a little bit about uh, a pleasant home atmosphere. You know in life, we have various options when it comes to at least we do in our part of the world when it comes to occupation, when it comes to uh, family business or not a family business uh, being an employee or being not an uh, being a, a business owner or just there's various options that we have, and uh, we have uh, options of uh, Schooling at home or sending our children to school uh there's just there's a lot of there's options and uh one of the important things about all of that is that i uh, I remember years ago uh, in the early days in at charity there was there was a considerable The thought of homeschooling and home business and, and, uh, they were, they were really, really high on the list of priorities and, and, uh, the bottom line is homeschooling and home business is not for everyone. Just gonna say it. It's not for everyone. But there were people trying to do both that, and weren't, and it wasn't working out the best. And that's where I would have I would look at that and say, you know what? There's some things that we need to consider as a higher priority than the fact of whether I'm schooling at home or whether I'm running my home business, a home business. Because if it can't be done in an atmosphere of enjoyment and pleasantness in the home, and it's a continual stress and a frustration and all sorts of other things, then we better change something. <laughs> Whether it's changing the home business or the home school or whatever, but we better change something. Because uh, uh, there's, uh, there's some things that are more important, and a pleasant, uh, peaceable Home environment is more important than a home business or a home, uh, or even homeschooling. If if that is the point that is causing a great deal of stress and problems, if we can find solutions to it, great. But if we can't, just understand. My heart is that if if uh, if it causes that much com- uh, stress and complexity that it ruins life then we better look for a solution. <clears throat> so knowing what really counts. It's been said, and you've, I know you've heard it, children spell love, T-I-M-E, time. Time to hold your little ones. Time to read, them, read books to them. Time to push them on the swing. Time to train them. Time to discipline them. Time to love them. Time for a bike ride or a hike together. Time for special family evening cookouts complete with roasting marshmallows. Or time for breakfast out or dropping by a coffee shop for a cup of coffee together. Now, now we're talking when your children are older, you know. Uh, time uh, to express appreciation for a job well done. Uh, time for little family vacations if if your uh, schedules can allow for that, and that doesn't have to be um, doesn't have to be what's it uh, doesn't have to be uh, deluxe or it just could be just a little something time set aside as family uh, togetherness you know our business our busy our busy demanding schedules can become our greatest enemies so it's important to know what really counts and that will vary with each of your in each home and with each child knowing what really is important and what really counts in eternity alright so one more point for dads and one for mothers you know, the scripture tells us in Ephesians 4, 6, 4, And ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word nurturing, theirs gives this definition, the whole training and education of children, which relates to the cultivation of mind and morals, and employs for this purpose sometimes commands and admonitions, sometimes reproofs, and punishments. so training, nurturing uh, the whole of, of, of uh, cultivation uh, of training children uh, relating to the cultivation of the mind and morals, and for that purpose employs different tools at the time of need, tools at the hour of, of opportunity. You know, God intends that fathers are act- actively involved in training and teaching and nurturing their children. You know, as a father, you can't always be there. If you're a breadwinner, and you should be, um, you can't always be there at every turn of the road. But you can be a, a very involved parent when you are there. Um, And should be a very involved parent. God calls you to lead in your family setting. You are responsible for the direction of your house. For the guidance of your children. For the training of their... How does it say it here? Minds and morals. You as a father carry that responsibility. Making make family needs a priority that overshadow other priorities. Uh, You know, you'll have we basically have one opportunity in life with our children to nurture them, to train them, and that opportunity slides by very quickly. So seize that opportunity. You know, as one of our weaknesses as human beings is to give time and attention to things that come easily and naturally for us as a person. Therefore, neglecting often the things that take more effort. And sometimes, that can be training our children, teaching our children, giving our uh, attention and time to our children. Uh, It can uh, be hard work. And it can... uh, be something that we need to exercise and develop in, and if we're not careful, we can neglect it. We have just one opportunity with each of our children to bring them up, and then the opportunity is gone. And uh, let's make the most of that opportunity. So mothers, you also have a, a great responsibility in the uh, teaching and training of your children. And I'm going to read a few verses in Titus 2, verse 3 to 5, that the aged women likewise that they be in behaviour as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So there is the uh, the um, uh, practical uh, instruction for 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 mothers, for women. And one of the phrases here is uh, uh, "keepers at home," <clears throat> or I sometimes say it this way: "keeper of home." Uh, keepers at home, keeper of home, or having your heart turned toward home. You know, your your husband is responsible to put. Uh, bread and butter on the table as we often say it and he has to be away at times to do that depending on your situation at least some more than others but you're keeping his home under his leadership and you can help him out quite a lot in in doing that make it easy for him in in uh, leading uh, and uh, do your part to help carry the load. Have your heart turned toward home. Make your home one of your highest priorities. And as I said earlier, give time and attention and focus to making the home a pleasant place to be. You know, in our world today... Um, You can be You can be at home and not be at home. Uh, that has become particularly convenient in our world today with computers and technology. You can be at home but not be at home. You can be present in body, but your spirit can be somewhere else uh, and yeah. You can be giving your focus and attention to social groups or friends or whatever and uh, not be at home. So I want to encourage you to discipline your heart in those things and be at home. Be a lover of home and the family and uh, your children. And one more point. As a couple... Parenting. Your relationship as a couple is a very significant impact in your uh, li- the lives of your children and your family. Scripture exhorts you as a husband. Says in in uh, well, it has an exhortation for both. Ephesians 5.33 Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. You know, your children need to know that and I'm speaking to you husbands, your children need to know that their mother is the greatest person in your life. They need to know that. Your children need to know that their father is the greatest person in your life, wives. Your relationship as a couple will uh, greatly affect your uh, effectiveness of uh, discipling your children. If your relationship as a couple is a peaceful, pleasant, uh, enjoyable relationship, your children will have lots of security and blessing living in that environment. If your relationship as a couple is one that is strained, intense, and even uh, outright confrontational at times, be assured your children will they'll carry a fair bit of baggage out of your home if that's the kind of environment they're living in. So your relationship as a couple needs to be a top priority. Keep it strong. Keep it healthy. Keep it loving. Keep it pleasant. Iron out the wrinkles. Repair the damages if there are any. Um. Because it makes a huge difference in the lives of your children. Live peaceably with each other. And then in conclusion, I'm going to conclude with Romans uh, chapter 12. Verse 1 and 2. Scripture says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. just wrapping it up as we think about Parenting in difficult times, I'd like to encourage us with this, especially verse 2, well, verse 1 fits as well, but be not conformed to this world. Uh, do not allow the world to determine who you are and how you view things in life, uh, especially parenting. Do not allow the world to press you into its way of thinking about parenting, about children, about home life. But be transformed, changed by allowing our minds to be shaped by the Word of God. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those, in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And this these were words uh mm, I was thinking they were given to David, but I'm not even uh, sure now. But uh the context is is uh or the, the 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 picture that we get of God in heaven and his eyes going throughout the whole earth, uh that hasn't changed, I don't believe. You know, God is still um, his eyes are still going to and fro throughout the whole earth uh, to, see, uh, to show himself strong on behalf of those of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And I'd like to encourage us with that in, in the whole subject of parenting, that um, the eyes of the Lord are still going to and fro. They're still searching for those hearts who are turned toward him in faith. And who will uh, trust Him and cast their cares upon Him, cast their fears upon Him, uh, cast their uh, daily uh, needs upon Him, and, and go forward in faith. The eyes of the Lord are still going to and fro throughout the whole earth. And I want to close with those words. Uh, parenting in difficult times... Uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can trust him. Perhaps we could stand together if you're able, and uh, we'll close with a word of prayer. Our Father, we quiet our hearts again at the close of this message and say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word of God that you have Granted us freely. Thank you for the practical instruction that you give us. And then again, thank you, Lord, for your Spirit that enables us, even in the task of parenting. Bless, I pray, Father, especially our younger parents, younger couples who are beginning parenting. Grant them hearts of faith in you. And Father, grant them courage. Father, help them to be strong and uh, cast down fears and imaginations that might come up in their hearts and to put their hand in your hand and to go forward in faith. So, Lord, we again just commit these few words to you. Bless each one, we pray. And keep us in your care, for we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be saved.